You're listening to Talking Tunes, and joining me online today is... DJ Can't Say No! Human name Nina. <laughs> hey Nina, how are you getting on? Really, really well. Excited to be on the show. Really amazing to be asked as well. Good stuff, yeah. And a really amazing selection of tunes as well. I haven't done one of these in about a few months because I've had a few technical issues, but it's great to get back in the driving seat as it were and talk, about, talk to you about an interesting project you've got coming on there. Bankface, right? The, the she um, takeover? <laughs> She. Um, yeah, so you're going to have to talk me through how you managed to mispronounce it. So I'm running a takeover called the Sesh Takeover. Now it's spelled S-E with a with a like apostrophe over it. Not apostrophe, like a dash. C-H-E, uh, which is a mashup of Cresh and Sesh. So it's, it's an adult play fun experience that involves partying and raving. <laughs> so Sesh, it's a pun, I guess. Because it, it was the hat on the E that really threw me, because being you know, a Brit through and through. You know, you see any of these continental style characters and you're like, I don't I don't know what to do. It's like <laughs> a Brit through and through who, who lives in Dublin. I live in Dublin, yeah, but you know, <laughs> tried to tone that down a little bit perhaps sometimes. But the sesh, right, the sesh, the crash, the crash for the sesh. Yeah, so it's it's actually a micro venue that I run at Balter Festival, which is also happening in May because they're obviously trying to kill us. And I got asked by James if I'd want to run a takeover and I just thought it would be really fitting for Bangface to have that kind of weird energy. I just think like half of the people will be really into it and half of the people will walk into the room and just think, what the F is going on? <laughs> which is exactly how it should be, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly how it should be. Yeah, there's going to be lots of amazing DJs and then just some sort of nostalgic stuff. Hopefully a Mr. Blobby. I'm going to be dressed as a baby at points. There's going to be clowns, air horns. I think my mates make trying to make some sort of a cannon that throws things across the crowd, like a confetti cannon, but for things. Parachute. I mean, I'm a little bit concerned. He's having condoms made. In fact, I'll, I'll, when it gets to his track later on, I'll discuss that. He's having condoms with his feet. J logo made, so he's gonna shoot over people. <laughs> What's his first tune? Because I think I'm going to have to keep on track with this. What's your first tune here? This is Ride the Lightning by Manda Dextrous. It's my favourite Mandy tune, and I just thought if I'm doing 15 rave tunes, they've got to be in there, <laughs> obviously. But you're also mixing up with the representation of the artists that are going to be on your takeover too. Yes, so 15 tracks. So there's 10 artists in total, but uh, only nine of them are in this um, the tractor set. So I had some more room for just some sort of personal favourites and influences and I, I guess like tunes that kind of not changed my life it sounds really cheesy but that actually kind of did a little bit or, or heavily influenced me and I just absolutely love this song by Mandy it's definitely my favourite just gives me that like rave energy I can't, I can't really hear it without bouncing up and down I'm struggling right now to, I've got my laptop on my lap and my knees are going <laughs> They have a huge amount of energy there, Mandy, and, and so so long in the game as well, and so many different styles of music. Um, it would be hard to pick a great tune by Mandy because there's just so much, right? Very prolific artist. Mm. 
yeah so much and um, I feel like because this is one of their not not recent releases but in the in the last few years and it definitely combines all of the their really like staple just like that driving bass and then also like really really well produced vocals and just I love what the vocalist is saying ride the lightning I just think it's just so cool there's just something really cool about it I thought it was a reference to Metallica because Metallica had an album ride the lightning right or maybe they've got it from someone else I don't know it probably is but totally over my head <laughs> no it's it's just one of those one of those bangers that sends me right back to standing in front of a rig somewhere gotta say delighted to see you doing a takeover as well and I'm always happy to see you on the lineup I remember was it 2019 you first played Bang Face 20 20 2020 gosh I've been going for a lot longer it's just an, an amazing and beautiful thing to, to have enjoyed that scene for so long as as someone just 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 taking it in and just you know to actually have feel like I've leveled up and I'm part of it and contributing is just it's just really it's cringily beautiful for me to be honest like it really is I think my first one was 20, 2015 I never made it to the the pre Southport years yeah the old school bang faces yeah so yeah I've got, I'm one of of uh, constantly hearing people start going on on about um same Cambasan like <laughs> the year Apex played 2012 you think oh I wish I'd gone yeah well it, it is what it is and I, I found it when I need to needed to find it and to be honest I was I was really young anyway well not really really young I think I was about 23 or 24 when I first went to Bang Face any younger than that and I don't know I'm glad I wasn't 18 is all I'm saying <laughs> I'm an ad- adult, like adult children, adult babies. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were there in 2020 though, because it made a massive impression because you had yourself and three friends on stage. You all had the t-shirts on, really put the effort in. Yeah, I had my sister and two of my best mates, two of my best mates as well. Would well, you know why that is? Is actually, personally, I think like as, as when I'm DJing, I, I actually don't really like being looked at because. I'm a bit. I'm a performer, and I do other, all sorts of other styles of performance where I'm ready and supposed to be looked at. But when you're DJing, you're you're in the zone, and, and actually, it's quite. I don't want to be the only visual element. I also think that like just when when I go and watch a set, you vibe off what's on stage, and I can't provide all of the vibes that I want to as one human being. So you know, have have a few more on stage as well. And like, I was very nervous. It was my first ever set. At, um, face that one and yeah it's just it was nice to have to have some support and we were all wearing the t-shirts and had the same hairstyle and kind of a similar-ish outfit as well so it felt like it was a bit of a girl gang going on get some get some more girls on stage that's what i say it was fantastic yeah big time fully agree yeah So what's this tune anyway we're having right now? This is Mocket, who's who is playing on the takeover at Bang Face. And this is genuinely this and one of the other tunes that is on the playlist were two of the first like real rave tunes that I was just obsessed with. I mean I listened to this song. It's a it's an Anastasia bootleg and I'm I listened to it just over and over. I remember walking like to and from my house to town, like it's like half hour walk and just listening to it about ten times. And yeah, it's just super fast, super like serotonin fueled fast energy and an amazing original pop tune. I, I, lo- I love that about, I mean, that's the whole DIY culture and um, bootlegs is like, you you know, singing along whilst raving is great. 
And Sam's been on the lineup a few times as well, so uh, no doubt he's going to... Yeah, I think it's a little bit different. What they've done sort of previously, I think it was with the, is more sort of break Corey and like very much leaning into the more serious rave stuff. And I very much said, I'm we're, we're doing silly. We're doing a silly takeover. In fact, this is great with the with this song coming in as well. So this is a, a Baby Shark E-Tank edit. So it's like a, a hard style, hardcore edit of Baby Shark. <laughs> Um, I actually have a, a massive plush toy shark right next to me, so... <laughs> yeah, so very excited for Mocket Set and just to, to, to give... I think it's nice to give people the opportunity to play something very different to what they're usually booked for as well. And to be like, I actually really like your side project, not your, your main stuff. This tune is so hectic, I love it. <laughs> I've just turned it up a little bit so I could rave out to it a bit. I played this at the pool party at Bang Face um, last year. I did a um, like a an aquatic theme set for that, which was so fun, so fun. Um, getting loads of people to do the baby shark arm movements in the in the pool. <laughs> but we're forgetting someone, aren't we? Aren't we? I wish I'd seen that. I don't. I, I didn't see the pool party 22, but uh, that I'm sure. Because pool party again, it's it's a little bit different as well. The pool party, it's special. So yeah. Um, I have a I have a bit of an embarrassing story because uh, so it's, uh, from the pool party, I was the, the lineup was me, Manded Extras, and DJ Producer. Now I've seen Producer play many times, but I'd never met him in person. Whilst my set was coming to a close, and Mandy was in the pool having the time of their life like thrashing about and I was thinking I'm just gonna have to keep playing because they're not getting out I I was near running out of tunes for the hour and I put on oh man I hate that <laughs> well I, I had loads more but they weren't I was running out of the bangers a material yeah yeah so I, I put on I mean I think it's great but it was like a crazy frog titanic donk mashup and I was just thinking I don't know what to do and this guy um poked my shoulder and sort of looked, look, and I thought it was a sound technician and I was like, I, I know I need to finish, but they're not, they haven't come out of the pool yet. I don't know what to do. And then they came over a minute later and they were like, oh, the thing is we've, we've switched sets. And it dawned on me in a fraction of a second that it was, it was DJ producer. And I just, I literally have never wheel spinned out of a song faster in my life. I was like, I am so sorry, but you know, it was bang face. I think I had about an hour's sleep. And yeah, just didn't recognize him in the moment and was just like... Being told to get off the decks by DJ Producer. What a claim to fame. <laughs> I, I know, and I made him wait listening to a bloody Crazy Frog Titanic donk tune. Uh, but, no one, but no one told me that they'd switch, so I had no idea. It was still, it still said it on the, on the lineup that it was that way round, so... Adam Lucas sounds a pound, he's a lovely guy. But anyway, all was well. I don't think he holds it against me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cringe. But that's how we met, so you know, the worst ways. But yeah, it was a great experience. Really great experience. Bit of a dream come true, actually. It's great. Oh, 
Fox still looks fake. What? Did you put this one on twice? It feels like we're a lot longer. I think you put it on twice because it's a really, it's one of those like hard style tracks that only really drops once. So I think you put it on twice, but that's fine. Five and a half minutes, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the person put a really long outro. Like, see now this is the long outro, right? This bit's long outro. Because you know when you're a DJ and you're like, when you get to this long outro section, you know as a DJ, when you hear this bit, you're thinking, fuck, I need to be mixed on to my next track. I think normally when I play that one, I only let it drop once because it is so hectic and like, do people want to listen to Baby Shark twice? <laughs> I mean, I do. God, I'm really good at chatting shit. <laughs> Next tune, anyway, this is what I was kind of waiting for, because I was waiting to get to the next tune, because Alfie, lot to say, right? DJ Steez. Yeah, really good friend of mine. We're, We're born like a week apart in the same year, and I think there's a lot of um, similar crazy energy going on. Something was in the stars at that point, clearly. Because I'm a twin, me and my sister, Alfie, Steez, and Axel, who's Swamp King, were all born like within nine days of each other, which I just think is mad. Um, and we all get on really well. So, but yeah, no, Steve is playing. Um, very excited to hit to hear what they're going to do. And yeah, just so many amazing little edits and tunes. Really great creative energy. Yeah, a lot of love for Alfie. He's a great DJ. He runs off and pomp and yeah, always played Bang Face a couple of times now. Always absolutely smashes it. Yeah, so he's another one that I just saw on set circuit for like quite a few years as just, oh, that guy with the pineapple hat. And actually, because of COVID and how, how lockdown, you know, all of that, all of the internet stuff, it connected a lot of people. And like before COVID, he was just the guy in the pineapple hat. And then I think because we all spent so lot, so had so much time to socialise online, you know, people that live really far away from each other got to connect. I mean, it's the same with all of the, the Does It Bang crew as well. So yeah, I pre-lockdown pineapple hat dude. Didn't even know he was called Steez. I just saw a pineapple hat and I was like, I think that's the same guy. <laughs> but I always enjoyed pineapple hats. Yeah. Oh, oh! I just thought something's wrong with my headphones, but it just panned and then there was a dolphin noise. <laughs> Steez, he's an absolutely sound guy. I'm very excited and also a little bit nervous to be in a chalet with him. But <laughs> it's not necessarily him. It's more like me and him. <laughs> There, there could be there could be room for a lot of nonsense. I'm sure there will be. But that's half the fun, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's the chaos of it, all right. Uh, but yeah, this this one I didn't. I actually um, I hadn't heard this one of his until until I was sort of doing the research for the for this chat. And it's wicked. It's so good. And I have to say, there's a there must be about a million edits of this tune of Milkshake. But this one is great. Really fun. You mentioned it earlier as well about the rise of silly music as well. I think we use Bangface as a, as a marker, as it were, you know. I mean, that donk of Bangface for a good few years, definitely the silliness aspect um, has really been coming on over the last few years. 
Yeah, for sure. I think that there's so many reasons for why that is. I think younger people now, we're just very hedonistic and definitely need something to make us smile because the world can be quite a grim and not very hopeful place. So I don't know. When I when I first started raving as a teenager, there was no no silly. It was like long before I was a DJ, I used to just carry around. I'd have my mini rig or my speaker or whatever for the end of the free party or the rave or wherever, or just house party. And when all the big speakers were turned off, I'd take over and I would just be playing like pure pop and like pure bangers. And then when I sort of realized that there was, there's a point where these two things can meet and I can enjoy the beats and the melodies at the same time, it blew my little mind. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess I guess it's like an accessibility thing as well. Like a lot of people, they may not have the equipment to start making a track from scratch. They, you know, they can be inspired to make a bootleg and use use something that other people have have used. And I think it's that kind of like meme, the meme aspect of it as well. That it's it's part of a social conversation. You know, I don't want to sound like an old man from the nineties. To me, the silliness, I like it, it's really good stuff, but it's a bit hard to connect with. And your description there and your explanation are really sort of, I don't know if this is getting too serious now, you know, talking theory like, you know, but uh, it's one of the things I like doing is talking about, you know. What do you think, do you think about younger people? Well, I'm sort of, I do actually remember a time just before the internet, but very much when I was in secondary school, you know, we, we socialised using the internet and using, now especially young people use their phones and social media. And it, it's all about making references and sharing something and getting the joke. And, you know, there's there's definitely, a, the meme culture is part of the DIY scene massively, massively. And I totally get what you mean about memes and stuff like that and people taking certain ideas and you copy them through and donk, you know, air horns, dolphin samples, all this sort of stuff. I'm also going to see if I can just talk all the way through your tune. <laughs> just see just see if you can, like, last the whole tune, like, going, yeah, but my tune, my tune. <laughs> well, I could, I could talk about this tune if you want. I'd love to. No, no, we could just carry on, just carry on, just like, we'll get to the next tune and go, oh, yeah, sorry, we missed that. No, go on, tell us about it, go on. It, w- it wouldn't be fair on Ashton. So th- this is a collab that I did with my very good friend Ashton, who's also known as Gash, uh, King Hydra. He's got various aliases, but is also running some takeovers at Bang Face. But yeah, this was like our, our first collab together, and it came out last year. For some reason it feels longer than that, but it was only last year. And it's, I guess, a donk tune, but where we've replaced the donk noises with a cowbell. We've not well with many cowbells actually. There's quite a few, and it's a yeah, it's a Doja Cat tune, which in itself is incredibly ref- referential, obviously to to milkshake, which is. So you tie it all together now, yeah. You see, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's well, easy because my milkshake brings all the points. Do you see? Do you see? Do you see? Do you see? So that's what I mean is that it, pop music itself now, current artists like Doja Cat are referencing the noughties, you know, the big R and B artists of the times like Khalees. Right. And uh, the DIY rave scene can only follow suit. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that collab of Ashton. And we've got some more. We've got another one coming out, uh, hopefully imminently, actually. I don't know where, I don't know when, but it will be out. <laughs> so Ashton, if I'm right in thinking, is it himself and Hayden running in the face? 
Uh, yes. Yeah, those two manage in the face. Uh, and he also manages 160 Brighton as well, which is a new, a sort of new venture, um, which focuses on sort of 160 and footwork, jungle and stuff, which is very popular at the moment and like really like having a bit of a moment, I think. I'm sorry, but jungle never dies. I don't know what you're talking about. Footwork jungle. Ah, uh, yeah, footwork jungle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, jungle never... <laughs> jungle never dies, come on. You're talking to a real middle-aged junglist, you know? No, the, oh, the jungle's all been chopped down. It There's a deforestation problem. Yeah, but that's what I like about about um, the rave scene now, is that I think there is space for everyone. And I think with the, with the sort of rise of the DIY scenes, it's kind of like also echoed in the fact that, like, the people who are being represented is also a lot broader now there's more women playing and more lgbt artists playing than i've ever seen at festivals at the moment and too right because there's a lot of talent out there now that i'm 30 it doesn't seem like that old but i think i was about 24 and at the time all my you know i didn't i didn't know any other women who mixed and i didn't I'd never seen that, and I think the representation really, really matters in that way. And um, since then, just in my friendship group, there's tons of girls who are who are DJing. That's great. We're soaring, flying. There's not a star in heaven that we can't reach. If we're trying, someone breaking free. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think in the I think in the softer end, techno house, definitely silly music, stuff like that. A lot of great representation, a lot of diversity. I think when you get towards hardcore gabber and what have you, yes, there is representation, but a lot of white guys in gabber. Fortunately, that needs to change big time as well. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's all about it being a you know creating more space for people and. Um, you know, still very much honouring and retaining that the talent and the people who've created those genres. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a slow and steady thing, but it's nice to really be like seeing change happen in real terms. And again, I think there were positives to COVID and to lockdown. And I think a lot of people got into to music who, who didn't really see themselves as part of that scene. And because they got to sort of communicate much more directly with people who were you know, with with promoters and, you know, at that point it was like, if you're keen and we'll do this for free, get on board, like, show us what you got, like, why not? Yeah, so this is a Royal Tweedy tune. Probably the, the song that really that got me into Royal Tweedy, actually. And it is a high school musical edit. And I've never even seen high school musical. So that's how that's how good it is. I've got two daughters and I've watched all of them, all three of them, several times. And when I heard this, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, well, probably a little bit more of a challenge for you then. But then when you hear it mashed up, it's like, ah, finally someone's made something good out of it. I mean, it's a very euphoric song and like just the Royal Tweedy Joe, his production is just, he's great. I mean, he, his, his job aside from making music is making music. So you can, you can really tell. But just a shout out to his night that he runs with Bertie is uh, Farmageddon, which is just a really fun, very niche, chicken run, farm style themed donk and rave event which is just yeah really inclusive 
They've got drag queens. Just really fun. Proper like hoedown. Just good times. So if you ever get the opportunity to go to one, not sure if they're planning one in Dublin, but go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no stranger to coming up to the UK or getting on a plane for a gig. But yeah, um, just re- really lovely people running it and amazing, amazing vibes. And yeah, they're just, it, it almost angered me at the last one a couple of weeks ago. It was it him or Bertie. One of them over the mic kept saying, Brighton's two worst DJs. And I was just thinking, no, no, mate. <laughs> yeah, the self-deprecation. And the... Well, it was a joke, but it was almost, I was almost like, stop saying that. Yeah. You're upsetting me. <laughs> so you're talking about other people doing nights. You're involved in quite a few things yourself down in Brighton, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I um, co-manage a night called Cabaret. Which is a genius name. Genius name. Got to give you that. Thank you. Yeah, it, surprise, surprise. It is a rave night with Cabaret. Um, and we've got an event next week on Friday, actually, in Brighton at the Volks, which is... There's no point plugging your, your night next week because by the time this goes out, go on anyway. Great. Well, OK, it happened in Brighton. <laughs> it, it happened next Friday in Volks and Brighton. So come along in your time machine. Yeah, so come along in your time machine. But yeah, we've been running. It's the sixth birthday this year, so it's quite a while. I run that with my, my twin sister and a good friend of ours, Jerome. And yeah, we've done some pretty wild things with that venture, to be honest. We've run mansion parties. We've run, obviously, club nights. We've done boat parties. I mean, yeah, it's been a a real wild ride and one with many emotions, highs and lows, as I'm sure you know from possibly from running events that it can be like. It's, it can be a proper labour of love and when it's good, it's good and when it's bad, boy, it's bad. But we have, we overall, it's been an amazing experience and, and really changed my life, to be honest. I mean, I, I genuinely feel like me and my sister were, as much as I, I don't really believe in destiny, but if there was a destiny, we were meant to run parties. Because ever since we were, you know, when we were teenagers, we were just, we, we, my, my poor mum, just every few weeks, we were the hosts. We just craved it. We just loved hosting hosting the parties when I was a teenager. And the fact that that's actually become <laughs> our jobs. It's an actual job. Yeah, nice. You know, being being the hostesses with the mostesses is, is a legit job. So yeah, it's, it's a real pleasure. There's something about, I don't know if, there's, if there actually is a word for it, but like witnessing a kind of community of people coming together and having a good time and knowing you facilitated that is an amazing feeling. Yeah, pride of what you've done, right? Pride? Or being proud? No, no, because it's not about the pride. It's more like if I hear, for example, that two people have met and fallen in love and they met at an event I was running, it's not really pride because it feels more about other altruistic than that, but it's like just a kind of very like cheesy glow. <laughs> that kind of brings me back to what I wanted to say about diversity as well, because yeah, I think if you have a group of people that are like, you know, like-minded, which say a bunch of men, for example, they're going to think a certain way, right? But if you if you mix that group up, it's a, it's as I say, oh yeah, pride, and you say no, no, it's something completely different. That's what you get from diversity: is a difference in conversation, right? Well, exactly. I'm I'm trying to kind of hang on. I will I will figure out a good answer to this because it's not even really a question, but. I, I agree with you and I think that it's um, just really important to, to have have those voices in all, in every space, whether it's like yeah. 
you know the rave scene or whether it's you know in government or if it's in the NHS like everyone needs to be heard and seen and validated and like because everyone brings something else to the table exactly I've been having a lot of conversations about um, safety in club environments and you know that's a conversation where you, you really do need everyone's experience because safety from from all sorts of abuse and harassment is different you know you, you experience different forms of abuse if you are male or, or female or trans or when you go into those spaces so it's good to listen to everyone absolutely agree Polly. Dave Skywalker he doesn't need much of an introduction he doesn't need much of an ego boost so Dave if you're listening you're his own remix wicked we love it yeah um, the reason why I put that in is is because it is it, it's a very special memory for me. Can we can I rewind it when we talk about this? No, no, we can't keep rewinding otherwise you won't, we won't put anything in. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, I've already done one rewind, but not doing another. Well, basically, the end of the end of 2020, Bang Face, me and one of my best friends, Daisy, were dressed as babies and got asked by James if we wanted to be babies on stage. And I thought we were about to be told off, and then he asked us if we wanted to go and perform as babies on the main stage. And uh, he played that tune. I loved it. I was having the best time, and it's just got a special place in my heart because of that. Sends me right back. <laughs> And then, and then lots to be crazy frog, which we just talked over. Yeah, this is gonna be hard to pick up. Really, isn't it? <laughs> I'll be more boring. I'll try. We need to find a longer tube because I did want to come back on the topic of safety because I think it's very important. But go on, lobs to be anyway. Lobs to be. I mean, just my original, original inspiration and what got me into donk music. I mean, he, he did literally change my life and turned out to be the nicest person in the world. Polly, yeah. He gave me my first ever production lesson as well. When I was essentially like a monkey at a typewriter, kind of, I turned up with literally the, not the foggiest and he was so kind and just encouraging, which really, it's the world of difference if someone really encourages you. And yeah, that tune has had quite a lot of traction outside of the rave scene. I think it ended up getting played by an MMA fighter as their sort of entering track. So yeah, I mean, loves to be. He's an international artist now. I mean, played Boiler Room in San Francisco. Huge, huge. Totally deserved as well. Talented and the nicest person. You know, I, I was a fan and I do now consider myself to be a friend of his. So, you know, and another person that's just been so encouraging from day one. Um, and I'm just so grateful for that. All right, so now I'm going to pin you down, Nina. Oh no. And get you to talk about this tune and then we can talk about club safety, right? If we can squeeze it all in. Okay, squeeze it all in. Uh, this is a... <laughs> oh, God. This is really like mind brain training this. But yeah, back to this. So yeah, this is a Peggy Vianetta tune. Probably my favourite and the one I play the most of Alex's. Peggy's going to be on the, at the Sesh Takeover as well. Yeah, hyper amazing energy. Again, just endorphin-fueled music that is perfect in a, in a rave environment. Um, and I mean, it's an Aerosmith tune, so why not? <laughs> so when I was a young lad, and I used to go out to discos, this was days before raves. Discos, you know what they're like, the, the dreadful <laughs> places. And then I discovered rave, and then, you know, rave comes along and it's like amazing, it's mind-blowing, everyone's free, everyone, you know, it's like that song, everyone's free to feel good. That is what rave is about for me. Everyone should be able to come, be themselves, no hassle, no harassment, nothing like that. And these days you hear it, I mean, I'm gonna be specific and say, I hear a lot about women getting touched inappropriately or things like that, or comments being made. And it's just like, what the fuck are people doing? And I have 
to say, it doesn't actually get any better with age. Like, the last few times I've been clubbing, various things have happened. I think I'm sort of paying attention to it more. And it's interesting that even I can even be working at an event and experience things. Firstly, as adult women, once you're at 30, you've dealt with this for so long that you just, you almost just brush it off. But also, like, you know, I'm fairly confident in those situations, so I don't feel too threatened by it. But yeah, it is, it's, it, I think we, we just learn to have a thick skin and it is a shame and I, I'm, I'm glad that, that this is something that promoters are taking upon themselves to tackle and it's certainly something that I take and always have taken seriously with running events um, you can't eradicate you can't make environments where people are listening to loud music in the dark drinking and doing whatever completely safe just so like you can't make anywhere safe but you can definitely empower people to, to change the story with that I've heard of stories where people have organised gigs and then there's certain people there we can go to and say that such, something such has happened and people are just thrown out zero tolerance for that sort of stuff and it's great it because we don't want to go back to the days of discos and shit like that you know people should be free anyway Mm, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're making some signs for cabaret entrants that are going to be these really big signs that are really pretty with feather boas and glittery letters and stuff, just which have really positive messages that like say, be your best self, uh, be your best self and also safe space for everyone. I think we don't want it to seem draconian as people come in, because I think it's like, rather than assuming that everyone is a potential someone, you know, someone who's going to do something wrong, it's like encouraging everyone to be the best version and also i think if, if you if you remind people that it's a safe space for everyone and you talk to everyone in the same way it's reminding people that you know because men experience a lot of things as well and that it's somewhere that they can also feel like they can express that too because men behave terribly to each other and i mean people drinking behave terribly to each other and brilliantly to each other so you know there's a whole range and i think it's like you've got to try and hope for the best but prepare for people to not be not be so great but yeah the, the story's changing with that as well and that's really cool good to see so look this tune again i've no idea what it's called because your naming on your tracks is like what so what's this oh i just sent, sent you the mb3s i can't Nervenga. Nervenga. Wait, this... hang on. I literally actually have... Oh, oh, that's why I'm spun out. So this is um my dear friend Gareth, whose DJ name is DJ No Idea, and he makes mashups. So he mashes up pop tunes, and in a, in a track he'll have six plus all mashed up into each other. That's why I was so confused, because you were asking me, and I was like, I don't know what song I put in, and it's like, oh, it's because it's a little section of Gareth's, one of his amazing... It's almost like story telling and it really is like you can't really walk away from one of his sets because the, the what's playing changes so quickly it's quite captivating to watch and yeah i'm really honored that he he's playing for the takeover and will be dressed as a clown and is ma making condoms with his dj branding on but he may be firing out of a giant cannon so don't miss it <laughs> So I feel like I'm just going to come straight out of it. DJ can't say no. Where did the name come from? Okay, so that predates me being a DJ. Do you remember I was telling you earlier about how I used to be 
the uh, the person with the speaker at the end of the night. Um, so yeah, those years. So I'm talking when I was maybe about 21, 22. I was quite wild. That may come as no surprise. <laughs> I mean, I was really something else. It's a weird story. So I was at a festival. I was very much known for doing like jackass style stunts. Like I really, I really liked. I loved to shock people, and I guess I found like a more positive expression of that in in rave in rave music and actually doing something creative rather than something that's potentially going to get me into hospital, <laughs> which it did a couple of times. I was a, yeah, I was a wild, a wild young adult, and uh, I was at a festival, and it was a really small hippie festival that is it is in Kent, and there was a a stall and. It, I just, in the stall, I really would not have expected to see it. There was a t-shirt that said, I can't say no on it. And I was like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to buy that t-shirt and I can't, I'm not allowed to say no to anything for the next 24 hours. And um, yeah, it was just, it's just, I think encompasses my energy of like, let's go. I want, I want to do, I want this to be a fun, memorable, intense night. And I want something mad to happen. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's where it came from. And it just kind of stuck because I don't really know these things just do, don't they? But it, 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 it's got a special place in my heart because I feel like I've grown up and grown out of some level. I, mean, I, look, I look after myself a lot better than I did in my early 20s, as most people do. But the, that element of me, that, that need for intensity and a bit of spice and things to go a little bit wrong in a fun way is still very much part of me as a human. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that's it basically. It was a t-shirt at a hippie festival that shouldn't really have been there and me just basically forcing my friends to dare me to do things. <laughs> and I want to talk a bit more, but I want to pin you down again because we're nearly running out of this tune. My neck, my back. Oh, wait, no! There's actually an ending of that story in that my friends woke me up when I finally went to bed and said, you've got to play the music because you you can't say no. So I, I had to play the music and then the security ended up coming to my tent and telling me off and telling me to turn it off. And I said, thank you, because I could now stop playing the music because you've told me not to. So that was it. And I think because of the tune playing, it became my DJ name. There you go. There you go. So this is, what's this tune? It's 3DMA. And I just, that, that tune is just a really fun one to play at a party. Um, and it was in Horse Girls Boiler Room set and just really blew up. And it's just, it's just a vibe. I love gun short noises in a tune. Can't go wrong. So I'm just going over your lineup real quick. Uh, what's it's Britney's bitch? Is that you and? Oh yeah. So that this is one of me and my really good friends, De another Daisy. We just had a conversation over summer because we're, we're both rave pop princesses and huge Britney fans. And we were just talking about doing a, a Britney to Britney, like a Britney back to back, and then um, decided to actually do it with full makeup and costume and costume changes, including a head shaving, like a live head shaving for Halloween. And I just think it'll be the exact sort of weird flavor for Bang Face. Imagine walking into a room and the DJ's having their head shaved. I mean... Are you really gonna shave someone's head in a DJ set, really? I mean, look, you'll have to come and see, but there are there are a few special effects, I'm not gonna lie, so. Also on your lineup, you've got Pablo 7. 
Yeah, so Sophie007 is a really old and dear friend of mine who kind of came to prominence again during lockdown, doing a lot of internet parties, and has just really gone from strength to strength. I mean, they went from not mixing to, to, to now, in, in the space of a couple of years, being on on successive bang face lineups playing at Falter you know she really is smashing it and I'm very proud of her and she's going to be absolutely great and she plays you know all sorts of styles but very much caters to your hardcore styles as well as well as um as the silly the silly fun stuff and now we're into it's Serati replay Oh, of course, yeah, it's a Serati tune. She is also playing on a takeover and she makes Nightcore. She's an amazing Nightcore producer and DJ. And this is one of hers. And funnily enough, me and her actually knew each other very randomly. So I, when I went to sixth form college, I because I didn't have an IT GCSE or whatever, I had to do a, a thing called a clayer. And Tara, uh, which is her human name, <laughs> also had to do it. And we got on really well. But she was just someone that I, that I lost touch with. We only knew each other from that class. And then lo and behold, I met Bangface and see her DJing. And I'm just, and I would never have expe- expected that um, at all to see her in a rave in that sort of space. Yeah, it was just, it was just a real spin out that we sort of re-found each other in a completely different world. But yeah, she's, she's great. And she will be playing at the, at the takeover as well. It is funny when you go to a rave and you meet people from like work or something like that. You're like, uh, "What are you in that context?" <laughs> oh, I was on um, I was on Universal Credit for a bit, and um, I my work coach. I played a gig in Bristol, and my work coach was there, and he was like, "Nina," and I just was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> my Universal Credit work coach is like raving out to my set. <laughs> So what time is the takeover? The takeover is on the Friday night. Um, we are 8 p.m. till 6 a.m. It's 10 hours. 10 hours in that in that fourth room. I'm going to be a puddle by the end of it. Oh, in the fourth room in the sweat box. I mean, I think so. I believe so. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be an endurance test for sure. But I think like the funnest endurance test that there is. Maybe just for me because I'll be there from start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to have sorted something out in that room. Though. Definitely, they have to have done. I think they underestimated how popular that was going to be, and this year they know. And I would say, Bankface for me, it's always either in the Vic or in that small room. That's where the, that's where the great music is. For me, the headliner on main stage couldn't care less. The small room, see, see b- before, the, before the takeovers, I don't remember that ever being open. Yeah, no, the last year, 22 was the first year they had that open, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but before that, I mean, does the TV studio exist still? No. I don't know. There is TV again this year, anyway, so... But the studio used to be by the pool. But yeah, um, we were talking about Britney, and she's now playing. Um, yeah, so that, that back-to-back is going to be mad. And actually, we really want more Britneys. So, like, if you have a schoolgirl outfit, or some red PVC going on at home, bring it and bring your ponytails. <laughs> um, so there's going to be a few sort of things to dress up for, actually. Just in general, in general, it's a, it's an adult crash. So if you want to be a baby, you can. We're also going to have some like some party clowns. So if you if you're vibing the clown look, go for it. Or if you want to if you want to Britney up, also keen. Any sort of like 90s, noughties, nostalgic 
stuff as well. Oh, and we're going to be asking people to send in their baby photos to project. Because <laughs> I just think, imagine seeing a baby picture of yourself when you're, you know, 6am at Bang Face or whatever, and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> what have I done with my life? <laughs> I did an interview with James ages ago and he was saying one of the founding ethoses of Bankface was one of the best parties. The best parties were when you were a kid and it was ice cream and jelly and bouncy castles and all the rest of it. And he says you just kept that ethos going into Bankface. So that's, that's you're hitting the nail on the head, right? For sure. I mean, at the end of the day, a party is just sensory overload. So we just we just got st- we're stimulating all the senses at the same time. Hopefully the smells won't be too bad, but, you know, it's still it's part of it. <laughs> No, but like, you know, it's a good point that children, they're experiencing a lot for the first times. And I think that's why we have to push it even further as adults, because we're, we're really hunting that feeling of like euphoria, uh, uh, just just the pure wonderment of a, of a situation, of a moment. Yeah, I think the kind of music that I'm really into, all of these tracks, it's very much, it's kind of catering to, to my personal, as many, I'm sure many other people feel, this desire to tick all the boxes at once. Like I want to be, I want to be skanking, I want to be laughing and smiling and just feeling all, all levels of euphoria at the same time. Oh, I forgot to say, we're going to be playing Bop It as well. Like, apparently they have an orcs, so you can actually plug them into a mixing desk. So there's going to be live Bop It. Live Bop It, you heard it here first. <laughs> you also said earlier on as well, Nina, that you're doing stuff at Balta, right? Yeah, so um, as I said before, the sesh really originates at Balta. I, I originally um, used to run just a walkabout called the Shit Circus, which was a group of cl- clowns that <laughs> were, um, p- potentially didn't have many circus skills, we'll put it that way. We kind of levelled up to, I got I got asked if I'd want to run a sideshow and I managed to buy a marquee at a very cheap price because it was a, a pub, um, it was a smoking area for a pub that was closing down. My attic, luckily I have an attic to fill it with this stuff, but it's full of soft play, uh, crash mats, toys, clown cars, a ball pit. Um, so all of that gets gets thrown into my venue. Uh, obviously I have a sound system in there as well. We do things like pass the parcel. There's like play games. I've got clowns still um, who are sort of like play working with the people. And it's just, it's a real like, it's a moment of madness for people in the middle of their festival. It's kind of like, it's, you know, you know, festivals in general, especially places like Balta can be quite intense and very loud. Um, So having something that's just curated purely to, you know, you can have a minute away from that where you can, you, you know, be, you'll find yourself in a completely random place with a clown in a ball pit laughing about, I don't know, a zebra toy. <laughs> with some very like silly, this kind of style music playing in the background as well. Um, and I'd say generally people only visit for like, it's, it's either they stay for about under six minutes or they're there for several hours. <laughs> people get stuck, they're like, it's too good here to leave. <laughs> but way back in the 90s, raves used to have chill out zones and they used to have like ambient music or just like, you know, real chill out music and you could just sit there and just talk to people and... Do you know what? 
my my very first sort of clubbing experiences was actually when I was nine or ten years old, and uh, and now I used to go to an event. You might have heard of it. That's called Planet Angel Chilled. These are London parties, um, obviously eighteen plus. But Planet Angel had a night called Planet Angel Chilled, which was uh, an, uh, which was also an under 18s event where people could take their kids. Um, so it had all of the rave music, but there was a lot. There was like games, and there were also like lots of chill out spaces. And um, yeah, it was it was really a great a great thing, and I'm very glad that my mum is as nuts as me and decided to take me to those things as a child. <laughs> so was your mum into raves? So my mum kind of missed raving. My mum, she would call herself a freak or a hippie. She's she's more into her analog music, so her instruments and things. She's she loves dancing. In the 90s, she was laden with five children on her own, so not many times for warehouse parties. Uh, you know, I, I was born in 1993, and my brothers were born in the 80s. But she certainly instilled a, a, a real appreciation for music and dance in us. I mean, we we really were dancing around my living room throughout you know my early years those are my early memories is with my mum dancing around the living room speeding up her record she had a record of um she had she had um the sound of music on on vinyl and i remember we'd always turn the the um the pitch shifter up and i used to love it and looking back i'm like well it's no wonder that you like this this kind of music because you're obsessed with pitch shifting bloody julie andrews when you were six all you needed is a cowbell or a donk and you would have been away right I think I was away anyway, but yeah, these days for sure. So yeah, I definitely was instilled like a love of a love of those scenes, um, and by her, and I and obviously owe a lot to her in many ways. But yeah, fully appreciate that. Raise your children with music. Just for anyone listening, we need it. We need it. Fully agree, one hundred percent. Yeah. Gully Teen, who's also playing for the takeover and just one of my favourite fresh sounding producers at the moment. They're really mixing up all sorts of genres and just like the bass in some of these tunes is just incredible and like they're really like you know because I'm playing out a lot, you really notice when something when when something consistently gets the crowd going and I have to say Gully Teen tunes are they are DJ tools, as, as everyone likes to say. They're it's a tool, it's a weapon. Um, and, and, to be, and I just can see them going from strength to strength and, you know, just doing so many great things. So, and again, just a huge honour that they said yes to coming and doing the Sesh Takeover. I was a really big, been a really big fan for a couple of years. And um, the first time I met them, actually, was Bang Face last year. They happened to be in the chalet next door to me and I saw them walk past and I said, are you Gully Teen? And they looked at me and went, are you DJ Can't Say No? And we just like, I just like accosted them and was like, you have to come into my chalet and party with me for 10 minutes. <laughs> Those mutual fanning moments are just amazing, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just hear some hot air up your bum. I'll have some as well. It really, it does mean a lot. It does mean a lot. Um, and it's just, it's always so lovely when you when you meet someone who, who makes such great music and you're just like, well, you're just an amazing human. The disappointment when someone's an asshole is unreal. <laughs> or just, or gives you the cold shoulder or, do you know what I mean? And, and it's so nice when you're just like, oh, okay, you're a great human as well. And, the, and Sam certainly is, so... 
The cold shoulder thing though, I find it hard to deal with as a DJ because you get a lot of people come up to you. I mean, not that I'm a big person or anything like that, but you get a lot of people come up to you go, oh yeah, question mate, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you can't talk to everyone. It can be quite difficult when you've just left a stage or you've just you've just finished a set and you're a little bit um you're real really dopamine depleted. Energy's up and everything, yeah. Yeah, you've used everything, but, but I do think it's it's important to, to give people that. And also like you know, most of the time they're just gonna big you up and give you a little bit more free free dopamine. So why not? I don't know, I just have in my quiet moments I always have that doubt in the back of my mind that you know that lad came up to me and said, Oh great saying yeah, cheers mate, and walked, carried on walking, I always felt God maybe I was an asshole. <laughs> but there we go. I think anyone who performs can really relate to that, that you just something like you say, you just don't have the energy right after. And sometimes you do, and you're almost too much for people. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I am. Surprise, surprise. So, can you believe we've got some last tune, right? And what a tune this is! Oh my god, another one that completely changed my life. This, I'm, I'm obviously being like quite good friends with Michael now. It's mad to think that the first time I heard this was only really a handful of years ago, because my life has changed a lot since then. Um, yeah, the first time I heard this was actually at one of my events. A DJ played it uh, in another room and the music was being piped down to the bar of the venue. And I ran, and I mean I ran. I ran to the stage and just said, who is this? What is this song? I'd never heard anything like it. And like I said before, it, it, this kind of music and the stuff that that, that Michael and as SpongeBob and Off Me Not really pioneered is like that where Amazing Rave meets pop and where it meets like kind of very hyper emotional music as well. So like for me, it was just um, really life changing. And I, and I think I sent him a message saying that. <laughs> so much talent, so much talent in everything he does, in all the different styles of music he does. And again, like you say, you're not alone in being a person, you hear his music and it's like, oh my God, where's this been all my life? And you just have to dive right into the catalogue. Uh, his his um, Friends remix, I don't know if you've heard that, um, he made, he was at my house for New Year's Eve one year. And, I, and it's a very, I'm very proud. Whenever he plays it in a set, I'm like, he came up with this on my on my sofa. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, 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 claim to fame, claim to fame. No, what a talent and a lovely person as well. And just like, especially um, when someone's so good across many genres, you're just like, wow, you've just got the brain for it. Yeah, my, my older brother, Ben is, um, very, he's a musician and like literally you you give him an instrument and give him 10 minutes and he will be flying on it and I just it, 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 it's both amazing and really frustrating because <laughs> it's like why can't I be that good even a fraction of that talent oh my god what would he do for that yeah yeah but he's no good at raves so you know <laughs> well, also, what I also love very minor point is the way the outros and all these tracks work. As I kind of alluded to earlier with the Baby Shark one, it's like when you get to that outro, which is like a minute long, it's just a straight beat, you know you need to be mixing off, you know? Well, uh, the thing that can be quite dangerous about particularly SpongeBob and Off Me Nut tunes is that um, they really, they'll flip what's playing really quickly. So this this tune, the first 
half or maybe less than half is is a completely different tune um, and you have to remember that because I re- I've been shocked I've been like playing uh, it wasn't it wasn't a Spongebob tune but I was playing like a, a Lady Gaga poker face edit and halfway through it just turns into like the dirtiest gabba and you and it and I forgot and I thought that the equipment was like blowing up <laughs> and the, my face and the, the audience's face everyone was just like what's going on and I was like oh it's the tune it's the tune it's fine it's the tune <laughs> And we're done. And we're done. Just like that. Well, Nina, what can we say? Thanks for taking the call. Oh, thank, thank you very much for having me on your show. I hope that my waffle was worthy of something. <laughs> oh, gotcha. 100%. The real task now is going to be how I'm going to squeeze an hour and 20 minutes of talk into an hour of music. Oh, delight. An absolute delight. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, it's just really lovely. Thank you. See you at Bank Face. All right, yeah, I will see you there. Hopefully at the, at the SESH takeover. Nice one. All right, see you, Nina. Enjoy your night. Bye. Bye. Bye.